Hello everyone and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple, to discuss the video games we are playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of people who want to discuss gaming together. If you've tuned in to the past two weeks, you have heard us breaking down our personal and group choices for various categories of the Dagger Tooth Awards, our Game of the Year shows. Unlike years past, there has been little controversy or angst as we have deliberated peacefully throughout the entire proceedings. But now... Turns out the uh, most taking a family member from each of you hostage has really smoothed things out. It was, that was the right call. You should have picked yeah. somebody I loved. Yeah. But now, the mo- moment that a select few of you have been personally waiting for. It is the final week of the Dagger Tooth Awards where we reveal our personal top five favorite games of 2022. After we reveal our choices, we will discuss our group choices live and select the Sword Chomp Top 5 Games of the Year. This is the episode that all previous episodes lead to, so it's bound to be fun and full of twists. Before we get to the proceedings, allow me the honor of introducing ourselves. First, I am Shay Layton, and I am your host for the third and final week of the Daggertooth Awards. Joining me today is one of my good friends here at Sorechomp. He's someone that I can talk to about all things nerd culture. I'm also really proud of him as he has recently made some life choices to get in shape and get healthy. He has been kicking ass at his personal goals in that department, yet still has enough nihilism left in the tank. Please welcome to the show, Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing? Doing all right. Uh, we're here. It's, this is it. Uh, hmm. Is that what he was saying, Josh? Yeah, I'm, 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 that, sounded, that sounded an awful lot like you said old you was a fat piece of shit. Yeah, well, fuck him then. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, like every week... <laughs> We come and I do these introductions, and I'm like, I'm jazzed up, and then we get to you. Usually I introduce you first, you're like, I'm all right. It's yeah. like, it flatlines, so I was like, I got to play into that this week. Like, the yeah. final week of the year, I got to play to my crowd, or my, uh, my uh, co-hosts, and what, sure. what they do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I'm doing, what's there to say? <laughs> there you go, see, playing into that nihilism. Yeah, it's, you know. World keeps turning. Wheel in the sky keeps on turning. Big wheel keeps so, on turning. Hmm. Fucking stupid. Are you excited for this week? Sure. Yeah, I I'm mean, ready like, to go. As in, like, the, this week's conversation, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see what y'all have to say um how do you feel how the last two weeks went how were they for you they went well i think there was minimal conflict and uh i got a picture from josh this morning uh everyone he took from me is still alive Mm -hmm. uh they're holding up today's paper so i'm hopeful for their safe return Mm. Mm. I feel that. I feel that. Well, you know what? I'm glad you're here, Rich. 
I'm excited to talk about this with you. And then I'm equally as excited that for the break we're going to be taking right after the show. Yeah, I'm very tired. I just want to <laughs> sleep. Okay. Well, wait a few hours then you can. Okay. Also joining me is a friend who I've been talking about video games with for far longer than we probably should have been at this point. Uh, they always know the perfect games to recommend to me. And they also know the best insults that seems to always get under my skin, like any good friend would. Please welcome to the show, Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing today? All right. Doing, doing all right. I'm uh, excited for the show, but we've been passing a cold around here, so I'm, I'm not sure how well I'm going to actually be able to talk for the show, because that's... You know, I yeah, like that's kinda. that's one of the things I've been secretly doing this year is uh, I have a document here and I keep track of your guys's quality mm-hmm. during the um, the three weeks proceeding. So I'm judging you guys on pronunciation slash enunciation, uh, volume, uh, your inflection and intonation, girth your and vocabulary y'all. usage, uh, your girth. You know, I'm judging you guys on all the most important categories. Mouthfeel? Yeah. Mouthfeel is at the top of the list for me. (laughs) Yeah. But are you excited uh, for this week? I mean, it's the last last episode of the year. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a a good enough year. You know, for, for, for the show, at least. Yeah. For the show itself, it's been pretty good. I've had a lot of fun this year with like a lot of the stuff that we've done, like all the categories we've talked about. Yeah, did, must have been out that day. Like, did a few like <laughs> random game shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We did some fun stuff this year. What? Uh, how did you feel the last two weeks went? By the way, Josh, they go pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. For the most part. For, again, say, for yeah. the most part. Just, like, my and computer clear, died right before we started doing these shows, and so, so that's kind of been a big part of my last few weeks is trying to get a computer running again, which, right, yay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really fucking frustrating. I was frustrated for you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, I know you guys know this privately, but... um. My one of my friends from work lent me his Steam Deck, and so I hopped on that thing, got my account on there, and immediately was going through all the games that um, I have wanted to play all year and the last few years. You know, like there are games that Josh oh, yeah. you recommended, like Creeks, that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, gotta download that and play that. Um, other games and stuff, and it made me like a little bit regretful that i wasn't able to get to those games in time for uh the past few weeks shows but i'm excited to play them and like the steam deck's been really nice so far it's a little bit clunky obviously it's massive compared to the switch but um i'm excited to yeah play around with it more yeah yeah i kind of shit all over that whenever it first came out because i don't really see the niche it fills but if you Mm. don't have a pc that can run much it's for for the money you get an awful lot of computer um turns out there is in fact a purpose yeah. for it <laughs> yeah 
No, one one of the things I want to do is uh, like I like I was telling you, I was playing a little bit of Haiku the Robot last night and this morning, and I'm gonna play that a little bit he- periodically. But I am definitely, definitely downloading Playtale Requiem so I can play that. I think that's my biggest regret for this year's not getting around to that game oh, in yeah. time for this year's talks, for sure. But yeah, without further ado, let's actually get into the show. So I want to explain the ground rules, especially if this is your first time being here. No hair pulling. I don't know what that sound effect was, but that's the one you get. The period of consideration for our awards is... (laughs) Go ahead. King Jabu Jabu moving, but but sped up (laughs) 16 times. Right. 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 Weep. The period of consideration. That goes on for about five minutes for him to slide over one body width. That game's classic. Oh yeah. That, him him scooching classic. over to let you buy is burned into my memory. It's well, we it, it was like twelve hours of every year of our lives. All right. So <laughs> the period of consideration for our awards is December first, twenty twenty one, to November thirtieth, twenty twenty two. This is our way of making sure that games from the previous year can get the proper notice. In today's proceedings, which is the third and final week, we will go down our list from five to one. We will take turns with our fifth and then fourth, third, second, and first. Before we get to the first, we can very briefly mention any runner-ups that didn't make the cutoff for various reasons. In the past two weeks, We have kept a rotating order between us for revealing our choices for each category. For this week, however, we are going to keep the same order for ease of flow. And that order will be Rich, Josh, and me. After we discuss our personal choices, we will go to break and then come back ready to duke it out for the Sword Chomp Top 5 Games of 2022. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's begin. Ease of flow. Thank you. <laughs> I was, I was... Rich, what is your number five game of the year? Sorry, I mean Eddie Vedder. Ease of flow. Um, <laughs> you got some vibrato in there a little bit. Thank you. Uh, I hoop stick. I think classic game. No. Um. <laughs> My number five game. I didn't know Hoop Stick was out already. (laughs) Oh, baby, you got a hoop and a stick. It's wherever you need it to be. My number five game is Stray. Okay, there we go. A game that hasn't gotten a lot of love so far. Yeah, like I don't there, there hasn't been a category where it really jumped out in a spot for me, but I just really like that game. Mm. It's it builds a good sense of scale. Um, It. It's the narrative is just kind of fun and there's like this weird amount of personality to all the little androids you encounter with it. And it could have been a cop out to just make like an action game where you're a cat. But I think they decided to have a little bit more fun with it than that. And like the the thing that stands out to Stray is it's not just the thing it's billed as, which is cat game. It's a really good sci fi story. Yeah, I mean, like. When we first heard about it, it it very much looked like just cat game in some ways. And that was enough to sell me, but I it delivers a lot more than that. 
It does. It does. And like, that's from my very limited time of playing it. But yes, you're also right. I like that it hearing does. that. Hmm? I like hearing that. That I I'm like correct. hearing you. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> what? That's the noise I also make when I come. Uh, oh. But. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Inappropriate. Uh, but oh, yeah. I was just, I was giving you the noise that I make when I come. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Even, even, uh, <laughs> equivalent exchange. Uh, even flow. Ease of flow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. If, if, uh, people have not gotten astray yet, the only thing I felt it was missing was the ability to customize your cat, but. It's got fun robots. It's got fun exploration and puzzle solving. It's got weird, weird dark creatures attacking a cat. And it's got a really weird walled city that's based off what was once a real place. Minus the mm. robots. So, something to so, think about. What, what kept it from being higher up on your list? Um, I mean, nothing particular. It traded places with my number four a few times, which I'm not going to spoil yet, obviously. Um... I don't I don't think it's a recency bias thing because it does feel like forever ago. Um, mm. But it just there's some stuff that stood out a little more to me throughout the year, but it was definitely up there for me as far as uh, memorable jaunts for the year. I don't think apart from maybe some of the the balancing act stuff and like the verticality of the level design, I don't think it was doing anything too insanely novel with the gameplay itself. Except for maybe like rubbing up against shit as a cat, which is funny. Um, but it it does what it needs to do serviceably enough, and the 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 narrative really comes together in a way I enjoyed. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Like without revealing anything, obviously this might you can choose if not to answer this if you don't want to, because if it is revealing, I understand. Do you feel like it's the strongest indie game of the year? It's 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 up there for me, but it's not. There's some other indie indie titles that stood out to me a little bit more. I'll say that much. But okay, okay. it's up there. Well, we can leave it there. Okay, so coming at number five for Rich is Stray. Finally got a sighting of that game. Feels good. Josh, what is your number five of this year? It's also Stray. Uh, <clears throat> trying to clear all the crud out of my head so mm. I can talk. Um, my number five this year is Sifu. Okay, there's another, like, from, well, we uh, did talk about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, from, from early in the year, back when, I think this was February, but it was around that, yes, you know, it fe- was. February it was. to March, or through April. That, that whole chunk of time was kind of packed with games all of a sudden there. Um, mm. And this is one of the earlier ones that kind of got buried i think uh because of that i think so yeah i mean like that and i feel like solar ash is probably also another byproduct of coming out way too early yeah that one that one had a little bit of time at least by being january something it was at the very end of december yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. and yeah yeah it was anyway not quite as much right then right um, but, uh, Sifu is an over-the-shoulder brawler, kind of 
in the vein of, you know, like a side-scrolling brawler as far as what they're actually throwing at you. Right. But with the focus being extremely tightly tuned combat, um, they have a dodge that's, you know, you know one of those little, like, micro-side steps that yes. you sometimes get in a game, and you're like, the fuck is this for? It's got no iframes, I don't move far enough to dodge anything. Right. Sifu has that, but then so many of the attacks in this game are, I mean, all of them, basically, are, like, normal human range of movement type attacks, and so a little dodge is enough to get you just barely out of the range of a punch that's thrown right. at you. And by having something so tightly tuned, you're not rolling way around uh, to dodge something. You're hmm. barely getting out of the way so you can then counterattack. Um, and the, this, the, the combat in Sifu is so ridiculously good because of that. <clears throat> because of that. Uh, it is demanding um, and will absolutely just destroy you um, several times. It, se- it seems like you like it requires the player to be pretty precise in what they're doing. It does. It's it's got an interesting system where it's kind of it's not a roguelike. There's nothing random really about it, uh, but it is made to be like a run based game. Like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and get. You know, uh, the the neat mechanic about it is that every time you die, um, you've got like a medallion that will revive you, but then take years off your life. Um, right. Um, and so you can die several times getting through a level, um, and you'll be going into the next one as a much older player. Uh, which kind of has its own trade-offs. You get stronger, but have way less health. Um, mm. Well, with, with the kind of the main conceit being, you can bank a level. So, like, okay, I got through this level really well. I I want to start from the next one from this point on, and you can kind of just keep working on that. Right. Tr- trying to learn the combat there. Or you can decide, all right, I'm 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 still really having a hard time. Maybe I want to go back and do an earlier, easier level and try to bank a better run, just so I'm in a better spot here. So you kind of, you still have options, but, you know, it, as tightly as the combat's tuned, you're still going to have to learn the fights. Um, it, it, yeah, just, I mean, like, yeah. there, there's only so much you can just kind of... I don't know, power through in that game? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really reward brute forcing it. Um, yes. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like one of those games that a lot of people forget how much they really liked that game earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I remember, you know, just on social media how many people were talking about that game right when it dropped. And like, even though it got overshadowed pretty quickly because it released on the eve of that wave of March madness of video games. I still think that yeah. um like during that time that it got a lot of attention 
especially because there because there weren't a lot of games out at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I think sadly because it's it's the best combat this year by probably a couple orders of magnitude, but yeah, it just unfortunately got buried. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good that you're giving it some credit because, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a game that shouldn't be forgotten. It was a good game this year. It was a game that was well-received this year as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I think that's a great choice for number five. That's solid. Um, my choice for number five was also an indie game. Um, I went with Trek to Yomi as my number five. Uh, this was one of the games that I was most looking forward to this year. A yeah. big part of that was due to the art style, the Kurosawa art style, that um, it was so obviously heavily inspired by. When I saw that first trailer, I knew I wanted to play this game. Having lived in Japan, I wanted to, you know, experience what what um, this interpretation of like the Edo style period of Japan is, and especially in a video game form. It's something that I hadn't quite experienced before. I can say that for me, I want to keep it succinct because obviously uh, we've talked about this. We are writing more in-depth articles about our top 10 lists, which will be going up on the, the site uh, here fairly soon. Hopefully by the time this airs, uh, ours will have gone up or are about to go up. They will but, start going up by around then. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that the art style was kind of a quote-unquote gimmick to get us into the game, but for me personally, it went beyond that when you start started getting into the narrative and seeing what they were doing with that art style, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. And I, I loved what they did with that. I loved how they wove that into the narrative. And I there were a lot of things that I really liked about this game, and I love the simplicity in the narrative of what they were trying to tell. It's something that's pretty cliche, but the way they told the narrative through visuals was much more impactful. I mean, it's something that, mm. to me, felt like a... How do I say it? It kind of felt like Hyper Light Drifter to me, where even though there was a lot more talking in this game as compared to Hyper Light Drifter, the narrative... <laughs> that was being told what was more powerful visually and son sonically as in through like the uh audio audio bites like what was happening in the world rather than the telling of the narrative or what when characters were talking to each other the visual yeah. part of the narrative was so much stronger for me and i really enjoyed that about this game um, I think that is the one standout thing about it as like, I don't, it didn't resonate nearly as much with me, but like the aspects of it that you seem hung up on are the things that I think are cool about that game. Right. I think the, the issues for me that kept it higher was honestly was the combat. I mean, at first the combat's pretty decently good. And we've talked about this a bunch. The further you get into the game, you start having to use different techniques, different weapons, and things of that nature. And then towards the end, they just throw a lot of enemies at you and a lot of different kinds. So it feels like you are just going through like a corridor of hell 
and it's not enjoyable. That that's that's the thing is like, and and it is hard because it is a very simplistic combat, and it's it's supposed to kind of take a backseat to the narrative, and it's supposed to be a vessel for the narrative. It's supposed to be. I think the combat is supposed to be a metaphor for the narrative, but when when your game is predicated so heavily on that combat, it needs to be tight, especially if it's going to be as simple as it was. And it wasn't as tight as it needed to be, unfortunately. So yeah. that, that's why it kept it from being higher up on my list. But I still think it, like for me, I think it's an essential experience for this year because it, the way it tells a story is really, really great. It's not, it's not something that they tell you. It's something that they show you. And I don't think that's seen enough in popular media. And obviously this is an indie game. So you're, yeah. you're going to take that as that. But yeah, I, they do a I really like good job the of fact that... Go like framing the shots in this game. Um, yes. With like all, all the levels you're playing through. Um, like you, you mentioned the, you know, obviously the... the, the influence on the art direction but i think it has to, an awful lot to do not like obviously all the moving camera shots would not have been done in this older cinema but the way those shots are framed once you get to a certain spot is really cool like they they always have they give you like more context of what's going on in the background like other parts of the city where um other stuff is happening that it really adds to the mythology of the game as yeah. well because this game is very much steeped in uh Japanese mythology. It mm-hmm. starts out, you know, a very simple and this is not spoiling anything that isn't at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Basically, the main character experiences some deep loss and it becomes a revenge story very early on and there's nothing fantastical or supernatural about what's going on and then it starts to go into that realm and becomes very mythological and part of that is due to the camera shots that they use um and that made this game so picturesque in terms of actually just taking screenshot after screenshot of this game which i did it is a very beautiful game and the way they use camera angles is really interesting because sometimes you get like a top-down look and then you get a 2d look and then you get kind of like slightly underneath the character to make the character look bigger than he is but then the background is so much more uh present in that kind of shot there were so many different kind of shots used and it it made the game very interesting and very visually and aesthetically pleasing yeah absolutely so um that's my number five choice for this year um i i really enjoyed this game a lot i think anybody who's interested by the conversation for should very much experience it as of now it's still on game pass so mm-hmm. even not i would highly recommend you purchase a game even though it's a i think it's a one-time or maybe two-time experience i think it's worth the money absolutely worth the money so yeah yeah that's my number five pick for this year rich what is your number four number four neon white Okay. Keeping the indie love flowing. Um we Neon White has already gotten some love uh during the past some few shout- weeks it has, yeah. 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 Uh that game is just top to bottom phenomenal. Like just the art, the like 
the that very 90s anime trope shit in like the writing may not hit for everyone like i think it's very of a time and place and it is very like purposely edgy like funny 90s anime but even if you're not into that that gameplay is just so fast-paced and addictive and like well-tuned and in a way i don't even know like this is a game that was built to be speed run and I'm not even someone who gets big into like speed running communities or anything, but I found myself just sitting there, even just looking at like Josh's times on the steam charts and being like, I got to figure out how he did this. I got to figure <laughs> out how he's moving this quick, like just for hours and hours and hours. And that like, I still, I, I went back to it a little bit this week when I had some time, uh, top to bottom. Fantastic game. Mm. I like that. I like that. You were being very succinct this year. I mean, that's been your mantra the past few weeks is succinct and you're keeping think, it up this week. You know, not not yeah. saying that's a bad thing at all. I'm just surprised and impressed. Yeah, you know, I mean I, I got my talking points down. I don't wanna overstay my welcome and drone on. Uh hear what I gotta say. I get in, just it's what I learned from me on what? You get in quick and you get out. Mm-hmm. Hey. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Okay. All right. Well, we're we're rolling with the indie love, so rolling, that rolling, means rolling. If, if we're rolling with the indie love and we're about to talk to the indie person, number four, I assume is going to be an indie. And rolling, Josh, rolling, if I rolling. if I may guess, it, it, is it? Uh, you know, I didn't have Josh making a Limp biscuit reference. Oh, I, I already, you made, already the made that. I was just singing I, no, along. I did. I made the reference, but I didn't have Josh going along with it. I'm, oh, okay. Huh. Sorry, I know you need credit for everything, Rich, but what yeah, I was saying Yeah, that's is my I thing. I didn't expect Josh to pick it up and roll with it. Roll with uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Josh, is your number four an indie? If so, I want to guess. That song sucks. Is it an indie? Hmm? It is? Your number Rolling? four? No, 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 your number four No, pick. they're is pretty, they're pretty big at the yeah, time. Yeah, I didn't think so. It was... Who was that? Warner I Brothers? I, I don't know what label. Yeah, I think so. Warner Probably. Brothers. Okay, I'm going to say your number four is... I'm trying to think of all the games that you've talked about okay. this year. Is it Haiku the Robot, number four? No. Lemmings Fuck. 2. You're, you're going to kick yourself. Wait, th- then wait. Give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. It is an indie game, right? You're you're going to kick yourself. That's the name Rich, of the game. Rich, what do you think is his number four? Um, I'm going to kick myself. Uh, <laughs> I uh, uh, is it neon white? <laughs> no, no. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Give me one more chance. Give me oh, one more chance. Okay, I gotta think. I gotta uh, think. Let me let me look at the list of last. Or week. or or I could just go on with this because. You you made a whole thing out of this, and so I couldn't go on and just say my choice when I was going to. And anyway, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, then go, yeah. please, by all means. I didn't oh, mean to interrupt. Oh, yeah, before. yeah, no, no. It's Roller Drum. Oh, that was a segue. Not not keeping up a joke. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Can we edit this together so we just? Yeah, no, no. I'll just cut out all this crap and make it seem like we're competent. Rich, aren't you editing this week? Why are you asking? Uh, am I editing this week? Because I 100% don't have time to. We talked about it, but okay. 
regardless. Um, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> Roller Drome. Um, uh, we, if you've not heard us talk about it on the show previously, uh, we mentioned it last week, uh, when talking... Excuse me. Um, about our, uh, favorite mechanic from this last year. Um, mm. with the, uh, doing a trick to reload mechanic in this game, because, uh, Rollerdrome is sort of a near-future sci-fi game where you're playing, you know, the blood sport in order to, uh, keep the workers from revolting. Um, where you basically are, you know, blasting just hordes of enemies away uh, while on roller skates. Uh, which is ridiculously fun. Uh, it, it, uh, it's got that sort of, um, big checklist of crap to do in a level sort of like a, uh, uh, a Tony Hawk, Sorry, Tony Hawk laid out, game yeah. would have. Um, so even if you're not doing great on the score attack side of it, there's there's still stuff to go in and kind of explore and levels and, and find out how enemies work, how the how the layout of this arena works because you're going around to different roller drum arenas around the world uh, to have these matches in, um, and it is just ridiculously satisfying and then on top of that they you know the the story is fun as well because they're they're doing an awful lot of that just kind of um just 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 world building type type stuff you've got little interstitial kind of wandering around your locker room bits before each of the uh the stages that are that are fun just kind of give you a little bit extra feel for the world um i mean big big thing here is just how much fun it is to play it is ridiculously satisfying to dodge away from an attack right before something hits you or to like uh um you know chain a bunch of kills together while doing tricks to rack up a higher score and then um like they, there's there's a good variety of enemies from like melee guys that aren't a huge threat to snipers who will hit you from all the way across the level to um they they look much more intimidating than they actually are but like rocket launcher guys who shoot like little homing rockets at you, which are also really satisfying because you can pull out your pistol and shoot them out of the air while they're chasing you, which is just, it's just, it's so satisfying. Like it's, um, there's like a unique way and not just a unique way. There are, in, in, in some games with like a big, variety of enemies this this is a doom thing um 
is oh i i got to the big enemy it's it's time to use the gun with my you know big damaging it's, it's time to pull out the rocket launcher and finally use that ammo type of a thing mm. um Whereas in this one, you can use any of the weapons against any of the enemies, uh, but the interactions between those kind of change. And it it just, it really switches up your strategy. Um, Which is great, because the whole thing is kind of about a run-based thing. Uh, And so it's not going to be like... uh, I, I mentioned how much I like the shotgun uh, before as well, but it's it's not one of those games where like, man, I really like the shotgun, I'm only going to use the shotgun. You can if you really want to, but if you really want to like do the score attack stuff, well, you're going to have to switch that up in order to get the run you actually really want out of right. it. Um, and not just because it's good against an enemy. It's like, oh, I'm in a situation where I really need to hit something way over there in order to keep my chain going. Um, and it just, it flows so well together. Uh, and it doesn't feel like you're forced into doing the same thing to just, you know, some games you get a combat puzzle and, well, that's just, I'm going to respond this way every time to mm. this threat. And Roller Drome is so much more flexible. And it is endlessly fun because of that i don't know how i didn't think that that was going to be on your list i completely forgot about that game for some reason oh yeah oh yeah it's a great choice man i like good it. pick that's a really good choice uh my number four pick for this year and it pained me to put it as low as i did but um there are other games that just stood out a little bit more to me this year. Was Tunic. Uh, Tunic's at my number four. It was, it was hard hard for me to put it that low. I think Tunic is a phenomenal game. I think it is the best indie game of this year by far. And there have been some really good indie games this year, but this one, far and away, my favorite of this year. It is a, uh, you know, an action-adventure-style game from... A previous area with some modern trappings and those modern trappings make it so much fun to play the game feels equal parts brutal and forgiving um considering the fact that you have a god mode in there for people who just want to explore and have fun without worrying too much about the combat and then there's enough challenge in there especially towards the back end and you're fighting some of those late game bosses that have you feeling really good when you finally beat them? Yeah. You know, um, minus the last boss, which did, <laughs> still do not enjoy that last yeah, boss. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. I am right with you. That's exactly how I feel about Tunic. <laughs> yeah. That last boss um, is extremely difficult. Um, yeah, it is. Compared to some of the others. But yeah. What, yeah. like, uh, I would say that's the second most difficult boss fight I've done this year, for sure. And, uh, it was the tough. first was my wife, am I right? Hey. <laughs> can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. Um, that's right. The exploration in this game is phenomenal. I love when you find little secrets and hidden areas and you backtrack and you find 
finally get access to a new area that you've been wondering, like, what's back here? I also love all, just all the secrets in the game altogether. There are so many little secrets you can get to. And part of the reason why you want to explore that is because of the collector's the collection item that you get in there, which is uh, pages of the game manual in digital form, which not only teach you how to play the game and act as a map, but it actually, you know, hints at new secrets that you may not have found or gives you solutions to other puzzles that you've seen throughout the game but couldn't quite figure out. That yeah. it, it was such an amazing way to um, instigate exploration for the player. It, it was very, like, I don't want to say it was, like, incredibly creative, but for me, as someone who has not experienced something quite like that in a video game in that way it was a really creative way for me to being prompted to explore more yeah so i i really enjoyed that aspect of the game a lot yeah there's so much hidden on each of those pages as well like you get one and you're like oh that's neat it kind of gives me a couple little hints about this thing but then there's there's so much information there even even if you don't translate everything just just hidden there in plain sight that really feels cool like uh it feels an awful lot like um that moment in metal gear solid where someone tells you you need to like oh you need to contact this person um and um they're like how, how, how do i how do i get in contact with them i don't even know their frequency so i can contact them they're like look on the back of the box and like in the screenshot this this is a i don't think it's done on games quite as much i mean it's it's still there ish but since all games are behind glass it's not done as much anymore mm. but it used to be one of those things you'd pick up the box turn it over to look at all the blurbs on the back with some screenshots and whatnot anyway one of those screenshots has information about the game that you're going to need later on in it yeah, um, and it it was just there. It was there, looking at you the whole time. Uh, and it's not until you're given that context later on uh, that you're able to do anything with that information, uh, which is cool. Like there's there's so much stuff like that in Tunic. Right. Exactly. And like it's even cool that they have the base manual, and then for whatever reason the manual has scribblings, and like I'm saying for whatever reason because you do understand by Who's the end of the game say? why why but like spoiler free gonna try and keep this as spoiler free as possible <laughs> yeah um one of the big standouts for this game the combat's great um up until the very end there are some hiccups with some uh it is not as tight as i think the game needed to be for especially that final boss but it's still very tight this needs to be a little bit tighter yeah. but um the just the audio production and that includes the music along with that the audio production in this in this game is phenomenal, especially for an indie game. Um, oh yeah, this, yeah. The soundtrack is top tier for this year and for um, just video game soundtracks in general and just music in general. It's a great soundtrack. There's a lot there to dissect, mm -hmm. and just the way it's implemented into the game, along with uh, the way they use audio in the game, is fantastic. Uh, we talked about in week one because it did win our, uh, our uh, favorite sound design, that there are some really creative ways that they choose to use sound in that game. So 
yeah overall i think it's a fantastic experience and i think it again obviously because it is on my list i think it is a must play of this year i think it is uh you know top of the line indie game for 2022 so mm-hmm. if you're if you're at all like an action adventure fan or um you just like exploration in a game this game very much will be in your wheelhouse yeah so. all right let's roll along to number three rich what is your number three of this year number three pokemon legends arceus my man uh this in a year where we got two pokemon games this is the one that kicked the most ass um and uh i'll be clear i'm playing uh violet right now and i like it plenty but arceus kind of it was trying something new and a lot of that stuff bled into the main line hopefully continues to bleed more in as it goes on but there's just something delightful about this game like for a Pokemon game that only has one town, uh, the town feels like a real home and it feels like you have an impact on it and you're, you know, sort of meeting people and it feels more lived in than Pokemon towns typically do because you keep coming back to it and seeing things change. Um, instead of a PC box, there's like a physical ranch where you're keeping all your Pokemon. There's just like this sort of homey atmosphere to that and that's one aspect i really loved about it um the fact that it was no longer a atypical go get the badges become the champion pokemon game and like this true like hardcore research game where you're just catching the same pokemon over and over again to learn the most you can about them uh it got me interested in shiny hunting uh which is a thing like i never really do in pokemon games but the way the pokemon are just kind of out and wandering around it encourages that a little bit more and uh that thankfully uh bled over into scarlet and violet um with things like mass outbreaks of pokemon and just kind of upping those shiny odds there's just yeah there's there's something real magical about that pokemon game about just seeing this huge open world just filled with pokemon interacting in a natural habitat and you feeling like i'm going to go out there and study these pokemon and just catch as many as i can and get some cute little acorn pokeballs to throw. Mm-hmm. And it just it was that game is delightful. I agree with you. That game is indeed delightful. Yeah. I I'm not surprised that that game is right there. I'm curious to see what your number 2 is. I absolutely know what your number 1 is, but I'm curious to see what your number 2 is. Time will tell. Time will indeed tell. Josh your number three is Neon White. No. Uh, oh, okay. My number three this year is Solar Ash. Ah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I thought that was going to be number two, but yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we mentioned this moments ago about this being one of the early, early, well, actually late games of last year, it was, like, end of December um, game. Um, Solar Ash is uh, from Heart Machine, the Hyperlight Drifter uh, devs. Mm. Uh, and this was their second game where they have moved to 3D, and not just moved to 3D, but made a very 3D game with um, 
a bunch of uh kind of like gravity bending platforming and like movement based stuff it is it is a weird sort of mario galaxy sonic like hybrid of a bunch of things um but then with these like it's it's another one of those kind of speedrun adjacent games just with the flow you get into skating through all these levels uh even with like the bosses uh they'll have bosses where like you have to damage enough parts in a certain time limit uh, mm. otherwise they'll kind of reset that leads you into like skating around and hitting all these different weak points um during a boss fight that just feels really cool uh and then on top of that it's got that same just blinding neon art style that hyperlight drifter had um yes that is just gorgeous um yeah i mean it doesn't look bad at all actually it looks just as good as it did in hyperlight drifter actually it looks better in some ways because it's 3d i'm not gonna yeah, say it like yeah yeah uh, parts, I, I prefer parts of it, it over to hyperlight drifter but yeah it still looks really good yeah yeah game. absolutely um you know similar color palette and whatnot but obviously doing a very different thing moving to 3d and, and everything um right but yeah music is great they they reused a lot of the audio cues and, and themes from uh uh hyperlight drifter hyperlight drifter yeah uh with uh i think a little bit of new stuff by, uh, they definitely by, had by some disaster. new stuff. On well, no, no, I mean by 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 disaster piece. But then they they also had a different composer involved with kind of then putting the rest of it together and making it a cohesive soundtrack. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Joe Corlitz did some work on that uh that OST as well. Yeah. They both did a fantastic job. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of yeah. It, it's kind of it's kind of firing in all cylinders. Um, art's great. Music is great. Um gameplay is just really fun to zip through and then the writing and uh um world building uh is so solid that it makes you want to explore the world to find you know any any extra information you can about what happened in this world yes yeah it is a very interesting story for sure what's going on in that game i I wish that game resonated with me more. There are a lot of aspects that are really great, but there it just didn't resonate with me as much as Hyperlight Drifter did for some reason. And it's and it's nothing against the game or the yeah. de- developers well, or anything. Yeah, no. It's just like for me at the time it didn't work. And that's something that I've been I meaning to go back around yeah. and I just I forgot to get it back back around to it by the time yeah. we were doing these shows. Yeah, I think if you go into it expecting Hyperlight Drifter, you're you're going to be pretty disappointed. Uh just because that's a that's one of the best games of all time and then b that game is really built around unbelievably tight combat as well that's 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 another game with just excellent combat um 
Absolutely. And then this one really is built more around just that kind of flow state of of zipping around, skating everywhere, uh, dodging attacks, again, from enemies that are, especially early in the game when you don't have much health, pretty lethal. You can get shot by a couple things and just die. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really its own thing. And if you go into it expecting Hyperlight Drifter, it is really not it's anything not that. like that gameplay-wise no. at all. Um, no. Not at all. But it's still a good game. It just, unfortunately, I, it didn't connect with me as much as I wanted it to. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have at to be the time, in the mood for at it, the I think. Time. Yeah. I will get back around to it at some point. Okay, so my number three, uh, I'm not going to talk about this game too much because we've talked about it a lot. Rich and I have um, a lot. We even did a Chomping After Dark on this game. Yeah, there you go. You have an idea what it is, Rich? I'm not sure. I'm like, the things are whizzing through my head. And I feel like maybe my brain's just fried this week and I'm going to feel dumb when you say it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Triangle Strategy is my number three game of this year. That's a good pick. Yes, um, I really love this game a lot, and I was skeptical because at first, like the first few chapters of the game, it wasn't connecting with me. I was like, I, I, I'm just not getting it because there is a ton of exposition in this game. And once I got through the exposition and I stopped like hyper focusing on all the names that are thrown at you pretty early on, I broke through and the game got really good for me. And hmm. It is, a, it is a good strategy game. What I really like about this game, and I would say more so than something like Fire Emblem, which is another series I very much enjoy, is that the classes of characters felt really creative in this game. Uh, not to say that there aren't other games that are at its level, but for me, it felt like there was a lot of creativity um, and thought put into each character and their abilities because that means that you can have many different kinds of teams and they're going to synergize in very different ways um so i really enjoyed that there was a natural great progression of difficulty in all the fights that you do which i very much enjoyed as well the narrative was at first i was not sold on it but then i really came around to the narrative a lot on this game it becomes very fascinating and Pair that with the uh, morality system that they have in the game and how that can influence which endings you get. It really began to resonate with me up until the very end where I was absolutely uh, wanting to know how the game ends and what kind of ending I would get because there are four possible endings in the game. I was very much invested in the ending. Hmm. I also think the soundtrack in this game is phenomenal. I it's it one I very one much want on vinyl. Yes. It's one of my favorite soundtracks of this year easily. It is the typical like fantasy video game fanfare, but it's a really it, good version like, of that. <laughs> it's a very good version of that. It is a very tight and enjoyable version of that. So everything about this game I I enjoyed other than I I admittedly the beginning which 
was a little bit of an exposition slog, but once I got past that, I loved it. It's it's a game with a lot of exposition in general, and it takes a while to get its feet. I remember specifically us talking about it right when it launched, and you being like, I don't know, man, and I'm like, just keep going. And I hate being the guy telling people that about games mm-hmm. or anything, but it's like, just keep going. It is worth it. It is worth it. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I really, I'm really glad I stuck with this game. And I, I will say this, the art style obviously is from the ga- same uh, guys who did Octopath Traveler. It's still that HD2D really is so good. I, why we are not remaking the original Final Fantasies in this art style, I, I do not understand. You're leaving money on the table, Square Enix. What the fuck? Yeah. Absolutely. They should be this- taking the worst of both worlds. Like, oh, we're going to do this don't- super faithfully. We're not changing anything. But then... Turns out, hey, you're changing everything that was good about these old You're games. changing, like, the UI things that look, uh, Why yeah. do we not have a version of Final Fantasy VI that looks like this? Tell me why! Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nothing but a heart. heart. Tell me why! <laughs> this game is great. Uh, play it. Yeah, Leave that's it. a goodie. There you go. I'm glad you brought that one up, Shay. Yeah. So it's not on your top five, Rich. No, uh, spoiler alert, it is in my top 10. Hey, there we go. So um, that, that means, like, for your number two choice, because, again, I know you're number one. Yeah, you do. Do you, you want, are we ready for me to say number two? Can you give me a hint? Or do you just want to say it? You've been playing it recently. Elden Ring. It's Elden Ring. Oh, wow, okay. I didn't know it was going to be on your list. Okay, cool. Yeah, no. Um, I when you were talking about it, I made a point to get back to it a little bit recently too, because I always knew it was going to be up there for me. I just wasn't sure of how high I was going to end up ranking it. Going back to like remembering my first like few weeks with that game, um, and also I'll talk about the the run I'm doing now because I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> that game and we it came up a little bit in a earlier game of the year stuff mostly. We were talking about like good things coming out of Elden Ring. I like Souls games plenty, but like this is the one I have liked the most ever. Um, next to maybe Bloodborne, like I, I could see Bloodborne competing with that a little bit, but it's just the nature of discovery in it, not even necessarily just the Soulsborne-esque fighting in it. There's just so much weird shit to see and to explore, and it's such a good open world feared with weird lore-drenched nonsense, and... In in some ways, even like I don't think Breath of the Wild quite matched and I'm hoping the sequel gets like there's something really cool in Elden Ring about like coming over a hill and being like, there's a huge fucking castle over there. Like, what is in that castle? And I'm going to go ride my spectral horse up and go look around and see torrent and, and then just the the dearth of possibilities of like weird builds to do like the build I'm doing right now is in. um. Stormvale Castle, I believe it's called one of those first castles you can get to early yes. on. Uh, there's a set of claws. So the role, uh, the way I'm playing now is I'm doing claws and high decks. Uh, I'm calling it my Wolverine build. I'm yeah, just rolling it around. You, like, it gives you a ton of bleed damage. Yeah, right? just a lot of bleed and rolling around. Wolverine build is a hell of a way to play. Yes. <laughs> the game is really like. It's a game that I wish I would have gotten around to much sooner because it would be on my top five. It's not, unfortunately, just because th- there'd be a little bit of recency bias there, and I'm not quite done with my experience of the game yet, so I didn't want to put it in my top five. I feel like that'd be a little disingenuous. But, yeah, that's fair. 
I, I very much think it deserves a top spot on anybody who enjoyed its uh, list. Because it yeah. is a phenomenal game. It's an unbelievable game. It is one of the most video gamey as video games in recent memory. Just full of things to poke and prod at and stab. And why are these giant stone monsters carrying this carriage? I must follow it and see what's happening. Yep. It is not governed by reason, but it has rules and they're all weird. Yes. And there, like, there's some cool progressions in this game. Like, I was a... Uh... I was messaging a friend about this this game and there's a there's a point where I was playing the game and all of a sudden there's these words that flash on the screen in Japanese and I can't read all of it. I can read a decent amount of Japanese but not like fluently. And then all of a sudden this guy in red, like this glowing red appeared. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" and I start running away. And there's like clones of uh characters. Oh, those were actual characters, because you got around yeah, yeah. to this once they added PvP in, which... Right. Well, no, that was in there. It was PvP, in there back in... It, it was, was in always there in there. there. Now there's a proper PvP arena. Yeah, PvP arena, that's what they added, yeah. Yeah, that's, yes. that, Anyway, yeah. But, like, the, the point of me telling that very quick and short, easy story is that... What I'm saying is there are tons of little hidden things in this game that you just don't expect. And it's really cool to to find those things. And that's, Rich, that's exactly what you're talking about as well. I Like, for me, it doesn't have the same level of excitement and exploration as Breath of the Wild did, but it still is very much exciting. Like, Breath of it's the Wild... It's of that ilk. Breath of the Wild, for me, was more about the exploration than the combat, personally. Like that that was how I played yeah, the No, I, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Because the difference between Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild is when I'm discovering something amazing in Breath of the Wild and I'm poking and prodding at it, I'm not constantly worried that it's gonna murder me in one hit. Right. And that's that's the trade off in Elden Ring, but it's still it's its own kind of fun exploring yeah, in either way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean I think there's some uh fun aspects about that discovery in the in Elden Ring as well, because I remember I was just trotting with Torrent the horse very recently around an area and then all of a sudden just like four wolves just appear from the sky and drop on me and ambush me and like th like like you're saying there's no rhyme or reason but it's video game logic but it's cool to see there, those kinds of there's things also i've definitely talked about this before but it's it's just the weird uh language to how that game's systems interact and how the weird characters interact and i always love this in stormville castle when you first arrive there, there's a guy outside you can talk to. And the first couple times I entered that castle through his little passageway he tells you to take, and I got downed, when I would go back to my body, I'd find there were runes missing. And I was like, mm. this doesn't make sense. What's happening? He follows you into the castle. And if you pan your camera correctly, you can see him behind you. And when you die, he steals the runes from your corpse. Oh shit, I didn't know that. And you can kill him and get them back. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know that existed. Alright. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love little moments like that. It's always cool. Yeah, so that, I think that's a great pick, Rich. I I was just surprised it made it so high up on your list. It but you know, it was so long ago, it's like we haven't really talked about it proper in quite a while. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely is it, it's February, man. That was a long time ago. That's true. You know what? I'm actually surprised now Tunic didn't make it on your top five. 
Well, maybe it shows up somewhere else later on. You don't know. You never know. Well, number two, Josh, what is that? I know you're number one, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm just gonna quit guessing because like we're we're at the yeah we're at the important ones. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, this year is neon white. Hmm. Uh, for all, basically all the reasons we talked about before. Um. This game is such an excellent primer to speedrunning. If you have not gotten into that before, um, this game is excellent at making you reevaluate a level. Making you realize your brain like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's... It's, it's not, like, so completely out there that you you can't figure it out like it's they they do a good job of making it approachable but also some of those times are still pretty nuts um especially if you're going for like the 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 red metal dev times um those get pretty crazy um i think the, the obvious like the game before this that i think I would compare this to directly is Mirror's Edge. Uh, that that first person movement based game. Uh, the first one, obviously, the second one is kind of a broken train wreck. Um, but in in a similar way, um, like that game also supported speed running, making it pretty easy to just record your times and and show them obviously there there wasn't anywhere near the support that they put into uh neon white um yeah but like it was still there and didn't need it yeah 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 um that that first person platforming is something that i really enjoy i know there's been kind of this there were stabs at this in the 90s, early on. You're like, oh, we can do first-person stuff. And the general consensus was, oh, no, this is horrible. We, no one wants to do platforming in first-person. You can't tell where you're going to land. Turns out that's bullshit. It's just that no one actually reassessed it until Mirror's Edge. And it's bizarre that basically that's gone still for for that long until neon white before that's really been attempted again and i th- i'm hoping that uh finally people will kind of start to take away that you can absolutely have first person platforming and and just do some really cool stuff with it as long as you build your game around that um mm. and that just make that the focus. Um and yeah, this 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 game absolutely was scratching that itch for me. Um I, I've seen a few other games that will have kind of ish done that, but they're always like kind of tacked onto something. I mean you, you get like obviously like the, the shooters where they give you a lot more mobility, something uh um like you know, Titanfall 
Titanfall 2. Yeah. Uh, with, with much smoother movement systems. Um, uh, stuff like, uh, uh, um, what was it called? It's from uh, a year or two ago. Shoot. Um, I'm going to need more. A lot of stuff came out that year. The, the cyberpunk ninja game. Oh, First um, person. Ghost Runner. Ghost, Ghost Runner. Runner, yeah. That one was, again, kind of taking that Mirror's Edge formula, but instead of doing so much of the... There's still a ton of movement and, and platforming in there, but the, they, they instead decided to focus on the combat aspect of it. And instead of, you know, scrapping the combat, um, which is, you know, a direction a lot of people would have assumed you would go, after Mirror's Edge, because that combat was terrible, um, they leaned into it. Like, okay, we're gonna do, you know, how can we make this better? extremely tightly tuned, uh, one shot kill type stuff where you can dodge and parry enemies with your sword. Really cool. Um, Neon White kind of also reassesses the combat thing. Um, with a similar, similar thing. Um, again, the one shot hit type stuff for you. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much to, uh, to assess in a level. Um, I don't, I don't know where I'm going. I'm sorry. My, I feel like I can't think right now because of this cold. I feel like I'm just, I don't have enough oxygen and I, I'm, I'm rambling. Because I I can't. Oh, buddy, think. you could never think. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, anyway, yeah. Sorry, I'm. Hoy. It's all good. Need to go get it. It's all good, man. Oxygen all right. tank. Well, <laughs> you're getting to be that age. Yeah. But Fucking neon white. That's prick. Oh Jesus, that's the second Boy. appearance on this list. Mm-hmm. These lists. Yeah, I think Must that be a means good it's game. gonna make it. Must be a good game. Mm-hmm. You got a Steam Deck? You should check it out. Oh nope. yeah. So my number two. P- <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> my number two pick for uh, my list this year is Halo Infinite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Never heard of it. I couldn't roll with that joke. Pokemon Legends Arceus is my number two pick. That's what um, I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, for most of the year, it has been my number one pick. It, man, that is exactly the the type of Pokemon game that I've wanted my whole life. After playing Red and Blue, yeah, that that I I don't I can't say too much more than what Rich said. Rich said a lot of very beautiful, nice things about that game. For me, it was amazing going out of Jubilee Village and just walking into Obsidian Highlands, which is the first area, and just seeing. Pokemon out there, even if it was like a Bidoof, if it was uh, um, some of the most simple Pokemon in the game, like the like the ones that you run into in the starting area, it was so cool to see them out in the wild. I remember we were all messaging, and I was like, "Oh shit, I just ran into the first Alpha, and it was a Snorlax, <laughs> and that thing was terrifying." And there was so much to discover and explore in that world that I hadn't seen. And it just kept me engaged throughout the entire entire run of that game. There were always things, always things to discover that I hadn't done. And I played that game for 
over a hundred hours easily. And hmm. throughout the year, I've had to prevent myself from going back to play that game just because that game was such a delight. And for me, and I've already said this multiple times, this game to me is what heavily future Pokemon mainline games should be based off of. And I, I, I know we have mentioned that Violet and Scarlet take some cues from this game, I, but I want future games to be more in line with this than the opposite I think, formula. I, I do think you're going to see that because you have to keep, like Scarlet and Violet take a lot from it, but those games are also very clearly being developed simultaneously. Right. So now having the feedback of, well, these are the features people really liked in X game. Like, I think you're going to see even more of that stuff bleed into. Uh, and, and I mean, there is a lot of the stuff that I really liked in Scarlet and Violet, like mass outbreaks and, you know, that seamless open world with the Pokemon out in it. And hmm. there's there's a lot there, but there's a lot missing that I wish were still there as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. This game was great. Um, I I I love I love every time I go back to play that game. I've I've played it a few times since my big excursion with it, and every time I'm like, man, I want more of this game. I want more of this style of game. So, uh, I can't wait for hopefully another Pokemon Legends game in the near future. Hopefully, it's a tighter game. I mean, this game has a lot of like visual and technical issues. That being said, the formula of this game was so strong that with those technical issues, it was up there for my game of the year for most of the year. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Pokemon Legends Arceus, my number two. Uh, before we get into our number one, I think this is a good spot for us to take a quick break. Because um, we'll also talk about our runner-ups before we get to our number one. So, I think we'll take a quick break. Um, We will be right back with our number one choices, so stick around. You know, Shay, Josh, when I listen to the Chompcast, I don't just listen to the Chompcast. What do you do? I be chomping. You be chomping? I be chomping. What do you mean? You know, I chomp it to the east, and I chomp it to the west, and I chomp it over to swordchomp.com, where I listen to the Chompcast. Oh, shit. What else can I find there? What's at swordchomp.com? At swordchomp.com, you can chomp over to the east for episodes of the Chompcast where we talk about video games. Or you can chomp over to the west for Chomping After Dark where we spoil comics, movies, even video games themselves. Hell yeah. You know, one time, (laughs) I was listening to the Chompcast in the back of a car and a police officer comes over and he knocks on the window and I roll it down and he shines his light on me and I say, I be chomping. <laughs> and what did he say? Uh, he was breathless. He didn't know what to say. You know what I would have said? Tell me. I would have said, I be chomping. I be chomping. We are back, and thank you so much for waiting. Uh, We're going to get into our top number one choices of video games for this year. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about our runner-ups for this year. Um, You don't have to mention any runner-ups if you don't want to, because I think that'll probably be a preview 
into our uh, obvious like top 10 lists that we're making for the site. But if you want to mention anything, you want to give something some love, please feel free to do so now. Rich, I'm going to start it off with you. Is there anything that you want to mention? There's nothing uh, major, mostly because I feel like bigger stuff um, ends up on my top 10. And I don't want to delve too much into that. I will okay. just take, without expanding upon it, a brief moment to say a thing I've said off the podcast now several times tonight. Had it come out a month sooner, Marvel's Midnight Suns would be my game of the year. And I expect this to be used against me a year from now. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. I like to use things against you. Ew. And touch your butt. Uh, Josh, are, are there any honorable mentions you want to get out there? Um, yeah, 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 a few of them. Um, I mentioned this early in the year, uh, Stacklands being one That's of those just, just little games that, uh, uh, is made by, uh, PopCap, is that right? I believe it's a pop. I'll verify. You, you can keep talking in the meantime. I'm not 100% sure if that's the... I got Steam up. Let me... I'll check. Yeah. Um, anyway, they, they make smaller games. Just, you know, like, as a kind of once a month, do something kind of creative and, and go with it. Uh, this one was so good that they kind of kept supporting it. They actually just came out. Sock Pop. Sock Pop. Sock Pop. I, I knew it was Pop something, but... Right, pop yeah. Cap is the, the Plants vs. Zombies people. Yeah, I, I knew that wasn't right when I said it, but my brain was just like... Anyway, still still oxygen deprived here. Um, yeah, they they actually just released another patch for that that has yet again more content for that little game that is just so much fun. Um, yeah, if 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 you've got a couple bucks and a little bit of time, absolutely go grab that. It is this happens every now and then where they'll make one that is just you know they're all fun for just like a, a quick. You know, couple but that bucks, one is a dick thing. Uh, play for an hour or so, but this one is just yeah, it's great, great. You can you can sink a lot of time into here just because it's a fun, a really fun game, um, and it's five dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Stacklands, I, I think, needs a little love on the on on the show. If you know, for, for people who for aren't sure. gonna go read something. With their eyeballs. Mm. Like like some fucking nerd. You guys are fucking dorks. Yeah. Plus reading is hard. Mm-hmm. It's not the only thing. Oh yeah. Can you fucking not? I'm sorry, what? Can you fucking not? No. Oh, okay. I feel like this is a That's trick okay. question. Just, just too many negatives oh, in there. I'm sorry. What is no? Um, that's something I didn't think I'd have to address this podcast. So, no means no. Moving on. Okay. Uh, the only honorable mention I want to make really quickly, I, I chose not to include it in my top five here. And for those of you who will read my, my personal top 10 on the site, I did put the Cuphead DLC in my top 10. I'm not going to include it here because obviously I'll, I want this to be like more fully fledged games than DLC, but the DLC in Cuphead was just phenomenal and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give it 
the the due that it deserved or give it its flowers, so to speak. So unfortunately, I didn't mention that here um, because it's just DLC. But I think that that DLC is phenomenal, and I loved it. So that's the only yeah. runner-up I wanted to mention, and obviously, it's more of a technicality than anything. So yeah, but. Number one choices. We are here, my friends. We are here, and uh, I am excited. I know both of your choices. I won't mention it. I will let you guys do the explaining yourselves. Rich, what is your number one choice of 2022? God of War Ragnarok. What the fuck? I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, uh, if that wasn't obvious for all the gushing we've done about that game in the lead up here, it just I, I like God of War 2018 plenty, but like this brought that story full circle. It evolved that combat in ways that I think are, are slight, but welcome. Um, It's not perfect. I mean, nothing is, but uh, they really had the story off the, the ground already, like. 2018 is a more slower paced like introduction to the new status quo of Kratos's world that feels more like it's teeing up this sort of epic story that Ragnarok ends up telling where it gets a lot more personal about Kratos and Atreus and their relationships, Kratos's past and how that affects him and his future and where he's going. Um, visually stunning, killer audio design and soundtrack, uh, just amazing performances across the board from every member of that cast just every every minute i spent with that game was just a joy to play and to take in and just so fucking great yeah yeah i'd agree um this is the one time i'm gonna break the flow because it makes sense it is also my number one choice of this year i i thought that might be the case yeah yeah um we Rich and I talked about this on the Chomping After Dark that we recently did. If you want our full thoughts about that game. If you want an hour and a half of this. It's actually two hours. Is it two hours? Yeah. God, we never shut the fuck up. Uh, That was mostly me talking. That's why it was two hours. But um, no, that game is just. I wish all AAA games were that. Where they have the, the budget behind them, but there obviously is a lot of craft and care put into the game. And there, there are some phenomenal AAA games out there that do that. You know, I think Resident Evil 8 Village didn't have the tightest of narratives, but there was so much craft and care put into that game last year. It's like in the upper echelon for me. In terms of Resident really Evil, games those are this... the tightest narratives, which is that it knows it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. That is also true. That is also true. But this game just did every single thing right. I Like, to me... I mean, other than some slight technical issues, which no game's perfect, so I never really hold that against it. And it's an optional final boss, but the the very like the the most the difficult Valkyrie boss Queen, fight yeah. in the game, yes, the Valkyrie fight, which feels ridiculously cheap and not in a good way. Um, I think, this but it is, feels real good when you put her down. Oh God, yeah, it does. I would say to me, this is a perfect AAA game and just a perfect game in general. To me, this game is a masterpiece. Um, to, to put it simply, I, I was kind of afraid of not liking this game as much as 2018. And in so many ways, was it an improvement on 2018? So 
I I don't know. I I, lo- I absolutely love this game. I I talked Same. about it so much, so I don't want to retread like a lot of our points that we had on the Chomping After Dark. But everything about this game is top tier, and I I think it's one of the best games to come out in five year in the past five years, and just in general. So. I think if I'm, I can make one cho- a change to it, um, I would start adding and patching in a lot more uh, conversations with Mimir about past God of War games. There are plenty of them, but I want them to be like dumber. Like I want Mimir occasionally to be like, Kratos, why don't you tell us about that time you were swallowed by your grandfather? And Kratos would be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think it'd be funny, but at the same time, it, it, it'd be like, how did he hear about all of these things? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But yeah, it would be fun. Josh, you get the pleasure of uh, pleasuring us of uh, revealing your choice that absolutely nobody knows will be your top number one choice Uh of this year. Uh, Yes. Uh, My favorite game this year was Tunic Um, for for a lot of the reasons we've already talked about um, so far. um, It is. an exploration game just through and through like there's, there's combat and there's, there's, there's enough of a rest of the game to kind of, um, pull you through it. If that's not really what you're there for, um, that is good enough on its own. Uh, that it, it, like, it works. Like, I, I think in a lot of other games, uh, if they were going for, like, a really exploration-focused <coughs> or a really puzzly sort of focus, you'd have a combat system in there that would just feel really weak. And the combat still feels really good in Tunic, other than, like you said, the the last boss, which I still really like. It's It's a huge difficulty jump up from the fights before that. Um, but it's, it's still a, you know, a fair fight, like, like basically all of them, which, um, I like, um, the, the idea of a fair fight is something that I think is a hard concept for a lot of games to get. Um, and I feel like thankfully because of the souls games, uh, we've seen a lot more emphasis placed on making that feel more common. Um, I'd agree with that. But uh, yeah, the the difficulty spikes in this game are uh, also up there with the souls type, you know, just humps that you'll, you'll come across where it's just, just out of nowhere, something will just completely kick your ass. Uh, that you were not expecting to have to to deal with, um, which is you know, there's a reason that when Demon Souls came out, everyone fucking hated it. Like it it took two or three games before people understood what the hell was even happening. Um, and now they're yeah. some of the most emulated games in modern gaming. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and again, this is kind of taking a decent bit of this for it being, you know, an isometric, you know, old school style game. Um, yes. 
but but you know the 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 big draw like i mentioned before is that exploration is the puzzling to it um which is something i absolutely love like it's got a deep enough world here a deep enough narrative behind that world once you really dig into it um to just just pull me through it like it's 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 just it is scratching that same itch that i've had ever since something like uh um fez of of a world that is just yeah i, th- I think hiding, that's the only hiding everything in plain sight sort of a com- comparable in terms of that particular puzzling mechanic yeah mm-hmm. mm. yeah like there's enough mystery here in both the narrative and in just the world that it mm-hmm. makes you want to keep exploring and seeing what's around there but there's like there's enough there to also how do i say it like it doesn't feel like they're just purposefully withholding information yeah you know it's like they're not doing it to just for the sake of doing it everything is well crafted and well thought out in in this world Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely um and they even kind of throw you some little bones through like achievement titles. I can't remember if the mm. description's in there or not offhand. Uh, I can't but, either. But but one of the one of the achievements is like um, don't bring a uh, sword to a gunfight or something like that. And anyway, it's it's. It's to basically using everything you've learned from your first playthrough to to go find the gun, which is one of the late game items before you get your sword at the beginning of the game, which yes. is kind of the ethos of the whole game is is about learning all the secrets in this world, and I, they kind of just give you that one like it's 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 right there in the achievements um like okay you you beat the game now even if you didn't get the you know secret ending for finding absolutely everything in the game which is that that's a big ask they'll at least give you that like okay there's a new game plus you could try that you could go in play it again with harder enemies or you could start a new file and see if you can go do this other thing like there's there's more to this world and and they kind of they hint at that everywhere um yes they do yeah yes they do um, that secret ending, that's something I wish we could have talked about in more detail, because that is an interesting secret ending. Yeah. Not one I had ever experienced before in gaming. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. Um. Bizarre. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, ex- like you said, it is. Nar- narratively, it's neat. I think I think the bigger thing is mechanically that it's so different uh than what you'd expect mm. for from like so many other games especially RPGs have a you know like oh you've got this you do all this extra stuff you've got a secret ending and and an extra super secret final boss after after the other boss um right and they do something very different in this game 
that I'm not going to get into that is very unexpected. Um, very mm. unexpected from a game design, from a game playing standpoint. Once you start understanding the story that, you know, just piecing that together from finding all the other secrets and everything, it's not unexpected in universe. Like, you start to get the idea that, okay, I, I this is, I, I can see where it's coming from. Like, I, I know, I know what this ending is going to be before you get there. Um, right. In game, but it is not, uh, par for the course at all as far as what you'd expect for that i'd agree with that yeah yeah no this game is phenomenal and uh i knew it was going to be your obviously your number one choice from the very first week that we (laughs) were talking but just so everyone knows where i land on this because i'm the only one who did not have it in my top five this is my number six on my official list (laughs) Hmm. yeah yeah right so it's just out of sight Mm-hmm. That's okay. Okay. So, um... Fun part. Yeah. So I'm trying to kind of, like, tabulate... I actually wanted to run this by you, Shay, if you no. guys want here. Keeping in terms of, like, me gauging stuff that appears on bol- on multiple lists, like stuff that appears on at least two lists, and how strongly we feel about things... I think I could I could name four out of the five that are definitely on this list, and I want to see how you guys feel about that. Not in I any mean, particular for, order. I, I I've I've done that already. I've already calculated oh, it all out. I want to see how ours compare. Then this, okay. this is in no particular order. Not saying the order I say is the order in which they appear on the list, but I think these four are on there for sure. Um, Tunic. Yeah. God of War. Pokemon Legends Arceus, and Neon White. I think those four are definitely on the list. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're they're yeah. I already added those four on there, so yeah, that makes the most sense. I mean, not in that order per yes, se. Yes, not not in that order. No, like that was that's the order. They're I'm looking at them on my screen as I've highlighted them. That's not an order for how they land at all. Hmm. Josh, and that's the part we talked. Um. What was the what was the fifth one? I didn't. Yeah, I only named four. I only named oh. four. Okay. Fifth, because the fifth one's going to be the obviously the number five slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we have Ragnarok, Tunic, uh, Pokemon Legends, Arceus, and Neon White. Yeah, yeah, those are the a duplicates, but also mm. also fairly high in that list, regardless. Yeah, yeah, I think even like yeah, they all appear. Like I said, Tunic is just barely not on the list for me, and I know you both feel very strongly about it, so, like, that, uh-huh. to me, says it's gonna be, like, at probably, like, a number three at the least. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it falls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, what do you guys see going for the number five slot for us? I, Rich, I know you had Elden Ring at number two, and Elden yes. Ring is, um... It didn't appear on... Either of your lists, like I feel strongly about that game, but I well, yeah. what what I wanted to say is yeah. like even though it's not in my top five, it, it definitely is in my top ten. And the only okay. reason it's not in my top five is because I got to it so late into the gotcha. year, like while we're doing these shows. 
And I, I could see like the thing is, I was not coming in here expecting it, especially knowing it wasn't probably going to be on either of your lists. I thought maybe yours, Shay, but I didn't want to say that with certainty that like if it was just me, then I could see it not making the list. But like it, I would feel comfortable with an Elden Ring at number five. I would feel cool with it being on this list. I honestly think it should be number five. Because I think it is a phenomenal game. Um even though I didn't put it on my top five, I think my reason explains that. But I do think it deserves at least the number five spot. But also, I understand that that would kind of... Well, no, Josh is getting his top two on the list. Yeah. On the only other thing on this list that I think is kind of in a similar spot to mm-hmm. that would be, like, Roller Drome. That I, I know you also really liked. Rich. Yeah, I I really like Roller Drum as well. Um, like that would that's kind of just looking I, at this list. I kind of think the only thing that's yeah, I, I feel strongly about it. I also don't know. Like Neon White is already what I think is the bigger push for us getting a thing that Shay didn't even play. Yeah. Um, and I feel a lot more strongly about Neon White than I do Roller Drum, and I think you you feel similarly. Yeah. Now that I think about it. This is going to be a tough push for me, but uh, I think I think Neon White should be number five and Elden Ring should be number four, actually. Elden Ring sucks, so we're, we're, we're not going that far. God of War also sucks, but I'm not going to fight that one. Ooh. Oh, these are strong words. Oh, yeah, I tried I to go back to Elden that. Ring, but it still doesn't run on PC. In fact, the only well, I mean, that's your mistake to... for playing a From game on PC murder someone to steal their PS5 and then buy a PS4 version of Elden Ring. That's, that's the only way to actually play that game. Oh, the PS5 version runs fine now. And it always ran fine, it just didn't run as well. They fixed the stuttering? Because that was yeah. pretty horrible. At... Okay. Yeah. Oh, Elden, Elden Ring, like, other than, like, the technical issues which seem to have been fixed, why didn't you like it, Josh? It's really repetitive and the open world does fuck all for it it is the worst from soft not from soft game because they they've made some clunkers in the past but like of their souls influenced games um like it's it doesn't even seem to pull the right lessons from their older games they're like hey we're gonna make everything as fast as sekiro but not give you an instant parry sort of attack uh combat system to put in it and and their excuse is oh you can just summon shit to do most of the fighting for you so then you don't have to interact with the combat because we didn't think through how the combat works like and it's and it's tuned around that it's tuned around having someone else also hitting what you're hitting otherwise the staggering doesn't build up early early game is tuned around that i'll give you i'll give you that as you get you get levels in that doesn't really become an issue anymore Right. Um, I, I mean, I don't feel that way about it at all. I also like Sekiro is my least favorite from game because I'm bad at it. Um, I'll admit that that's fine. But that just, that's what doesn't make sense, because this is just as fast and just some stupid but you can boss break patterns. It. Yes. Again, that's that's the thing. They're like, we're going to make it that fast, but you can break it. Whereas they've done other stuff like this before. I think the closest they've come to this is like Dark Souls 3, which is, again, hey, let's speed everything up, but then still give you the 
same slow move set you've had since Dark Souls one um, type stuff. I like Dark Souls three too. I don't mm-hmm. like Dark Souls two, but I like Dark Souls three. It's okay. I like the world. I again, I think that's one of the weakest combat systems because they're just they're not taking the right. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Damn it. Um, well, well, what I want to say to that is like Josh, I see your point about the combat systems. I'm not as well versed in from games as you guys are. Yeah, but I will say this: like, yes, that is true early on, but as you get higher levels, um, it becomes much more balanced combat-wise, and it becomes more customizable. And I think the reason why they made that choice is because because this game is an open world, because they are trying to get players. You're going to be overleveled. Is well, yeah, it's, it's they're, kinda... they're 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 trying to get entry, like make it so like this is the mo- I feel like this game is the easiest to enter. It's the most friendly entry level out of all their games and yeah i feel like the, the it, early game is designed to have you, you rely on that in this game um yeah you can always fuck off and find something else yeah i i guess uh unless you get teleported to caleb early on by accident which in which case happened. congratulations this is now bloodborne you well, see i did it on fucked. purpose um, i did it on purpose for a staff build i was trying to do yeah um, but like even even getting teleported because that did happen to me and I know exactly the <laughs> the point you're talking about. Yeah. I like I I was beating my head trying to beat this one cave. That I think that's the one you're talking about. And after a while, I realized I'm just not strong enough. So there was an exit. There still was an exit. Um, yeah. You know, like this game never feels like it's so insurmountable. To no, where it, it really it's doesn't. Just like, but I, I, and. <sighs> That that's the thing I think it has running for it though, Josh. Is like for previous I, from yeah, soft games. Yeah, you can. Is at that any like point you when can, you, you when can you get go stuck do... at a certain point when you when you're fighting an enemy, it's like yeah. either you're gonna go grind against the the lesserlings to level yourself up in certain games, um, or you're just you're just stuck until you figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, you can't figure it out. So this is and this is the same thing I've never here, been able to finish. They give you a copy pasta cave to level in instead of just literally the identical cave. That you'd be doing. But hey, all the I had other a lot Souls of games. fun in that cave. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's true. I just feel like there's a, there's like I, I feel like in this game I'm hitting walls less, and when I do, I have the option to come back when I'm ready for it, and that's why I think this game, honestly, is I'm not gonna say it's one of the best from software games. I'm gonna say it's the most approachable for sure, and I think it has the most it's versatility. One of my favorite. Which, is what makes it partially so enjoyable. There is a ton of versatility in it. But I, I get if, like, yeah. y- you're more focused on, like, what the tighter experiences of some of the previous From games are. Like, I, I get it's, the whole, oh, you can play it however, but you've been able to play all of them that way. You can always choose, like, a, a magic build and, and cheese fights. Or summon friends in, in order to help you with stuff. Some of the bosses were even built around it, with like especially the fights with more than one boss. There's mm. so much like the instant you get another person in there and you don't have two people ganging up on you all the time, they're instantly a ton easier. Like that's that that's always been an option, but it seems like so much more of the game is built around that in this game uh i mean like with with the um the what are they called ashes yes um, ashes of war ashes of war yeah it's basically summons 
uh, that will, you know, you have oh, those, slightly different options, but like whether or not you want them to do a little more damage or if you want them to be like tankier or whatever, but they're hmm. all basically the same thing when it boils down to it. They are someone to take aggro off of you. Period. Oh, that's, yeah. that's that's what yeah. they exist that's, for. Mm. Um, just yeah. like summoning a friend in. And that's neat, yeah, I guess, but also it's more fun to summon a friend in to help you with the fight. That's um, true. And that, again, I, that's still an option I, here, but it's like I don't, I don't see what this is replacing other than for someone who doesn't have good internet, it gives you an option. Hey, what about people that don't have friends? I mean, there's that too, but you don't even need friends. You can summon anyone in just but, yeah, But that's like a real person and that yeah. I can have anxiety about that. Yeah. There, there, there are a few points, like, I, th- I agree with some of what you're saying, Josh. There are a few points I want to bring up, is even though you have those ability to summon creatures, yeah. you, don't, you can't just do that willy-nilly. Like, there are certain fights that you get into that the game prevents you from doing that. So you're, you're, it's you and the, and the boss. Um, that's definitely happened to me in are multiple there? cases. Yes. I don't absolutely. know of any that I can I remember. I don't think there are. No, there absolutely are. I, I mean, I've been playing the game the last week and a half, two weeks. There are definitely certain... Like some of the like mainline bosses, no, you can't. You can always summon, but some of the optional bosses, and there are certain scenarios where you cannot. Like, um, they're called the ever ever gales or ever gals. Jail. Uh, those are optional. Option what? Jail. Jail. Ever. Thank you. I don't know yep. why I thought it was that. It's thank old English. Correcting. It's stupid. G A yeah. never says ja, yeah, but in old English it did. That it's you're jail. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. Ever jails. Um, those are optional boss fights. You cannot summon in any of those. And those boss fights are Oh, that's right. Dumb. That's right. Because you're like, you're summoned to like a spirit realm yourself. Yeah. 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 You yes. can't summon a spirit from the spirit realm when you're in the spirit realm. Yeah. Those are the roles of yeah. spirit summoning. We all know that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I forgot like, there are completely boss... about those, but yeah. I it's think... pronounced super jail. Uh-huh. Super so... max. So there are certain boss fights that you cannot summon those. Uh, special spirits to help you, unfortunately. Special spirits. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like those more kinda... the exception to the rule. Yeah. But yeah. I, I also see your point about, like, why not just summon a friend? But think about it from this way, Josh. Um, for me personally, I know there are other people, I think, who are in the sim- same, on the same page as I am. This game is definitely going to get me to go back to actually play Sekiro and play it to completion, to play Neo to completion, yeah. to play some of those other games to completion, because like those games I've always wanted to play to completion, but I don't have the patience and I didn't understand um, how to properly level myself up to be better for those fights. And of course, there's going to still be some studying done and there's still going to be some patience and banging my head against the wall. I mean, that's what those games are in effect. But this game has built me up and is building me up to be able to feel more comfortable and confident to tackle yeah. those style of games. And there's something to be said for that. Yeah, you know, there, there definitely is, because their other games are... Well, I, I, I think Dark Souls 2 and 3 are approachable enough, but since they're 2 and 3, no one's going to think to jump in there. Yeah, it's kind of the, the downside of that, but... Right. Uh, I, think, I think they tried to file some edges off of that to get into two and three which eh, to to mix success um right yeah yeah i i I think dark souls is also fairly approachable 
by comparison, but again, it's it's not not the same thing at all. They Dark Souls starts you right at a uh, uh, like your your first open hub has mm. three options to go to right once right. you get to the, the the beginning of the game uh mm-hmm. two of which will just kill you immediately basically um right i so, just like, like yeah i, th- I, I, I think can, these games yeah. are just approachable in different ways like i see yeah. what you're saying about dark souls 2 and 3 and i agree like those games are a little bit more approachable than some of the yeah. other from games and some of the other dark souls s games like like a neo or anything like that but yeah i i think that this is just like the 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 best natural progression like where it really does start you at like beginner level of a souls game and it does get incredibly incredibly tough and it has that difficulty spike and it does have that combat tightness the further in the game you get so that's just my I, personal opinion i, really I obviously agree with the combat where... tightness i i do think you get over the just be com- being completely underpowered moments but also it, it never really levels out anywhere Mm. Um, I I think it does. I mean, it, it really probably depends too on how you're building and what you're choosing to engage with. And yeah. magic, I think, feeling a little bit more rewarding and a little less broken and like purposely overpowered than it has in other Souls well, games. Yeah, when the whole game is built around you having a summon with you and kind of cheesing everything, magic feels way less cheesy than it did before. Yeah, like my the, my initial run, I did the I was one handed sword and staff, and that was a really fun build to run with because it. You know, the staff did feel a little cheesy in the early game, but it was entertaining at the very least and encouraged me to kind of run with builds I didn't normally do in those types of games. Yeah. And like, sure, there's maybe an element of cheese being a bit more encouraged than in past games, but it still felt fun and the combat got tighter the deeper I got in. And that's all you can really ask for in the end. I enjoyed myself. Hmm. All right. Okay. So that being said, um rich do you like i think like josh i see your point completely and like i I don't want to refute that like i i think that there could be a case made for elden ring going number four rich would you would you be more leaning towards neon white being number four i I think i'm i'm more leaning towards neon white at number four just because i feel very strongly about neon white and i know Josh also feels very strongly about it. I I want Elden Ring on the list, but I think five yeah, is the I'm, spot like, for like, it. Like, again, for us, I'm fine with it with five, but I think bumping it up even higher is a little strange. And also, I just I just don't think it's a great, especially because like game. you and I both feel really good about it, but Josh feels like more negative about it. So I I think five is where where it lives for the group. Yeah, I mean, like if Josh had a, like a decent. Opinion yeah, of I may, it, I, I, may I would definitely push PS5 for it to be number four point. because I haven't even played Neon White. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I understand because he hasn't doesn't have a higher opinion of it that it can. Yeah, yeah. It can I, reside. I may try to grab it on PS Five at some point and see if it's remotely playable without all it the is, technical that's where I, issues. Where I played a lot of it recently. Yeah, because the PC version is still complete dog shit. Unless you're playing it on Steam Deck, which is also dog shit, because you can only play it at 720p, and it's an open world game. You can't see shit playing it at a lower mm. def like that. Um, right. Like, you, you need 
you need full HD to, to actually right. see what the hell's happening. Um, like it just, just doesn't work. Whereas, like, we've compared it a lot to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild works fine at lower resolutions because everything's clean. Does uh, it? I know someone who'd disagree with you. Yeah. So number five for yeah. Elden Ring. Okay, and number four for Neon White. Yeah, I am, I'm comfortable with that as well. Um, as of right now, just like the way the scores, quote-unquote scores, rank, um, we'd have uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus at number three or two, along with Tunic, and then number yeah. one would be God of War Ragnarok. I think that Tunic should take the number two spot, even though it didn't, like, it may, Pokemon Legends Arceus was my number two and your number three, Rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tunic was my number four, but Tunic was number one on Josh's list. And I, it was a very close runner-up for you on your list as well. Yeah, I agree with that. There's like, there's yeah. just, there were experiences that were more catered to my personal taste that pushed Tunic that low for me, but for us as a group, I think it's definitely in the number, the number two slot. Yeah, okay. I, I also... I, love I know RCS you like Arceus well. also, yeah, that, even though again, it didn't make your list. It's, it wasn't like number six for me, but that is also in my top I, 10. I imagine it would be in your 10, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. I really like Pokemon Legends Arceus. I wish that there were a little, it was a little bit less buggy, because then I would probably push for it well, to be Well, you know two. what? You know what, man? Go play some Scarlet and Violet, and <laughs> I think you'll have a much better opinion of how buggy it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no, true. That's, that's, yeah. You'll be like, you know what? That game is perfect. It's a fucking dream. No, but um, I, I'm comfortable with Pokemon Legends RCS being number three. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, that's Josh, where it was on my list. So that's a great spot for it as far as I'm concerned. Josh, <laughs> I, like if, if you have any great case for God of War Ragnarok not being number one, uh, good luck. But uh, I know you don't like the, the game as much as you thought you would. But do you have any case for why you think it shouldn't be number one and something uh, else should be there? The combat is also not particularly thought through it it's combat's worse than elden ring actually but no way yeah i mean the combat itself is fine the move set's great feels wonderful to like you know toss your axe and all that stuff but then the encounter design is awful um for everything other than the one-on-one like boss fights those are those are great um but then every that is other, a game where every the other encounter with just like a bunch of enemies is horrible. That I mean, I think once you have the my my thing was, and I, I know we've already talked about this a little bit, Josh, but just to like hash that again, I think the biggest mistake the combat makes because I do think the combat is a staunch improvement over 18s. Like it makes the subtle tweaks to make mm-hmm. what 18 was doing work a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. including making the Blades of Chaos feel a little faster than they were in 18. Yeah. Um. I think the drop near spear is kind of that missing piece. And if they, and I feel like it should have been introduced earlier because once I have all three weapons, I kind of feel like my flow, even in those heavy, those large enemy encounters is a lot better. I mean, they don't even have to release it earlier as long as they tune the encounter design around that. I mean, like around even, that. Yeah. It, like even if they want swarms of enemies before then, okay. Like, maybe do that once or twice so you can be like, oh, man, there, I really wish I had something that's better at this. But there's a lot of that before you get that spear, and it just doesn't work. Sure. I I, I mean, I thought it was fine. I never had a particularly difficult time. If you had it on, like, the easiest difficulty, at which point 
it doesn't really matter, period, because nothing's going to damage you. But yeah. Yeah, um, I think I had, I, I, I had a I, normal and I was, it was fine. That's what I was going to say. I think Josh has kind of a unique perspective on it because he went into it on the hardest difficulty. So, like, Rich and I don't really have a reference point for that. Like, we don't know. Like, there, yeah, it's a very different experience. And th- right. That's... Like, what you're saying could be very, very true, but neither Rich or I have any context to that because yeah. we didn't and, play I, in yeah. that difficulty. And I think, like, the, the reverse can be said too. You might have enjoyed this game. A hell of a lot more if you went back on normal difficulty and played I'm through sure it. I would but also I'm of the mindset that a game should work on the harder difficulties if you make it with those harder difficulties like maybe if, even if that's not exactly how you want it like right. I'm trying to, like I, the closest example I think I have to this is something like uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order which okay. is another game that, frankly, I don't, I don't think it implemented the difficulty modes particularly well because the, the hardest difficulty still worked. Right. But um, they changed the size of your parry window from one difficulty to the next, which doesn't really let you learn how to play on the harder difficulties because you can get a bunch of wrong timings in your head and just think, oh, I'm doing great and then go into a higher difficulty and just completely whiff everything. Right. Uh, instead of, like, changing the encounter design, tweaking some damage numbers here and there. Um, mm. But the combat design and the the way the enemies were placed, it still worked on that harder difficulty. It just it was not a smooth progression from, like, one difficulty to the next. Whereas I think God of War, it's basically the same game. Like, I don't think they have more enemies or anything. I think everything is identical. They just tweak the numbers up is, right. is what it seems like. That's, that's what they did in 18. Uh, basically, they just leveled up all the enemies against you, which in 18, it worked even worse because uh, in 18, if enemies were higher levels than you, way Basically how, how in the game you've got standard attacks that you can just block or whatever. Yellow attacks that you have to parry. If you don't time your block perfectly, they'll stagger you. And red attacks you can't parry either. They're just they're going to hit you. They're unblockable. Um, in 18, it just leveled up every enemy in the game. And what it ended up being was there were like a million times more unblockable attacks. So you were just rolling the fuck around everywhere. This is mm. much better than that. They fixed that problem by essentially, instead of leveling up enemies so everything's a higher level against you, just tweaking all the damage values up so everything right. is much more lethal. Which is great in theory until, like, again, there's all the swarms of enemies and shit will hit you from off screen. So it's like, the level... <sighs> they fixed problems and created others because that just the attention to detail in making the whole thing worked together as a whole was just not there. Um, and it probably works perfectly at normal difficulty. It's probably mm. just completely fine because all that random shit that's going to hit you from off screen is not enough damage to matter. It probably won't even fucking stagger you. You won't even notice it. You just, oh, all of a sudden I have a little less health. It's, so. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't quite say that. There are like some challenges towards the back end of the game, like especially when you get into the Crucible where yeah. like those off-screen enemies can do 
some damage if you're not paying attention. And I, I, I will say this. I understand your experience. Your experience is very different than Rich's and mine, but I didn't have that experience. Mm-hmm. So. But I get your point. And it's like, it's not falling on deaf ears. I think you have yeah, no. a, a solid point. It just, I don't know how many people are going to have the same experience that you did because I don't know how many people actually went on the hardest difficulty. We're not all but, masochists. But I also no, will say this, God, God of War yeah. was one of those series back in the day where people would go on the hardest difficulties. Like yeah, Halo. no, I played through this game, all, all the old games, so many times. Like, okay, I think on most of them you couldn't even play the higher difficulties until you'd beaten it once. So it's like... Yeah, it was definitely one like, of those. Like, play through on normal, yeah. play through on hard, play through... Like, you, you, just, you keep playing through it. And frankly... I, I understand, oh, it's for an older audience. People are only going to play through a game one time these days. The game's not tuned around that hard to difficulty. It doesn't work. Hmm. The, just lock off the higher difficulties. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's completely wrong because frankly, again, those one-on-one fights feel great because the combat systems in there are great. And if I don't know, yeah, you're just saying that you feel that if it was on, if I weren't on the higher difficulty, um, but it, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I had plenty, plenty of like, I I don't, I mean, maybe from the perspective you're coming at it from, I don't think it would be boring. I had plenty of, I found every combat encounter to be plenty entertaining on normal, minus the fucking uh, Valkyrie fight. Oh, well, I, 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 it wasn't too bad. Like, it was the right kind of, I want to throw my controller a couple times, but I put it down and came back, and you get, get shit done. Yeah. Fuck that fight. That was, the wor- that was the worst fight of this year, bar none. I fucking hated uh, that fight. But it's, like, it's such yeah, a I, I don't minor think thing compared go back to, to what the rest of the game and, is. and have it be your thing. Yeah. The... That fight intentionally feels cheap, though, Josh. Like I was talking, we were talking about it on the CAD. Yeah. There's a moment like where you're fighting that that fight, and the Valkyrie has this move where she'll catch you and she'll throw you down and she'll stomp on you with her heels, and you got a button mash to get out of that sequence. Yeah. And when she does it, like it's it seems random. I'm sure there's uh, a rhyme and reason to when it happens, but it seemed random. Sometimes when she would stomp on you she would take one-sixth of your health. And then there'd be other times where she would take half of your health with one stomp. So it's basically like an instant kill move. Is it? it I'm guessing the damage goes up later in the fight, maybe? Or is it like... Well, that's what I thought, too, but it seemed like sometimes earlier in the fight... I think it's based off the phases. Like, I I couldn't... Like, Uh, I was far enough removed from it when Shay had mentioned that, that I was like, ah, I don't remember that. I'm like, I'm sure that happened to you, but I just don't remember the circumstances. I... My guess is that's a move that should never hit you. I I didn't get to that fight, but I know there's one earlier on where an enemy is obviously blocking. It's like getting ready for an attack. So don't attack is kind of the thing. But but the rest of this game is not built around that. Um, I I mentioned this, I think, way earlier on how uh, like I got to one of those enemies that would explode if you hit it during a certain time. Mm. And they hadn't explained that in this game. And I only remembered it because I'd played the first game. Um, but I just, I kept killing myself because I couldn't tell that this enemy was just damaging me if I hit it. Um, 
And, and then yeah. there were, I, I know I fought a couple other enemies that, oh, they're obviously blocking, waiting for an attack. If I go in and melee them, they're going to grab me and I'm going to be take, you know, unavoidable damage at that point. Um, right. And my guess is it's something like that along those lines that there's, there's a tell that was just being missed. It might, it might not be an obvious enough tell. Right. Right. Either way, I did not enjoy that fight, but that, yeah. that was the one fight out of the hundreds of fights I had in that game that I really enjoyed. So, um, yeah. you can live with it being number one, Josh. I can. Again, I, I really like the one-on-one fights in that game. I just, I don't think the rest of it yeah, is really I, I know it's not a thing you comment. feel over overwhelmingly negative on you just yeah there there are things about it that didn't resonate with you and i know you're you're kind yeah. of akin to our feelings about how strong like the the narrative and performances were in that game yeah absolutely absolutely and uh it's it's not on pc to run horribly so it's got that yeah, going maybe some may, maybe yeah. someday yeah I mean, yes, someday I'm sure they've they've already announced everything the, for the first. PC yeah, the first one's on there, so it'll it'll yeah. be there eventually. Yes, yes, but also their PC ports have been outstanding so far. Uh, and mm. So yeah, so hopefully yeah. they'll if it's a, a up to snuff with I, what I the 2018 one was. It's a year later. They still haven't fixed all. The, I mean, I I I understand it because again they switched to DX12 and that means they have to tune it themselves and this is from the the guys who yeah have made two good pc ports so far again um, i i'm just gonna consistently keep telling you that's your own fault for buying this game on pc it didn't run on anything at launch it ran on ps4 at launch it ran on ps4 for the ps5 it, yeah yeah it ran on ps5 for the ps4 at launch so like i assumed something was gonna get fixed and according to you it's been fixed yeah on at least that the PS5, ps5 version is fine now they should have. They should have fucking fixed the the PC versions. Um. At this point. Period. I'm excited for a new Chrome. <laughs> they keep fucking releasing new content, and they haven't fixed the game. Like, come on. You tell them. But you know what's the good news? We have our top five. We do. And in record time. Is that the? Is, I was gonna say that's like the easiest we've ever done a lock in before. Mm-hmm. I, I had mean, to complain about my 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 two my two gripes there. Sense. No, yeah, and and it is your right to do so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Again, like I, I'm fine with them being there. I think had the game run well, I probably would have put up with a lot more of the bullshit in Elden Ring. And I think if you do get around to that fine running PS5 version sometime soon, when yeah. you are done, you you'll feel you'll feel better about it. I think you will. I think so, but like even with the limited amount I played, I was running into a bunch of copy pasta caves and castles and shit already, and like. I hadn't seen half that map, and I was running into copy pasta crap. So, and there's re- interesting re- stuff out there. of enemies. So there's inter- the bigger environments are the interesting things to find out there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But cool, we have our, we have our, we have oh, our yeah. list locked in a place. So just to recap, our top five is. Uh, Excuse me. Number five is Elden Ring. Number four is Neon White. Number three is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number two is Tunic. And number one, to no one's surprise, is God of War Ragnarok. 
Hell yeah. yeah. I think it's a great top four. Or top five, sorry. Top four. <laughs> top five. Has a good blend of indie and AAA. Yeah. So yeah. It do. Yeah. It do indeed. But uh, that's going to do it for the show, guys. It's going to do it for the year. Yeah. yeah. We're done for this year. How do you feel? A little gassy. Tired. Where was where's Plague Tale Requiem, Rich, on your list? It's not. That's depressing. Yeah. I don't know if it would be or not, because I was in the middle of that when my computer died, and I have I not gotten back to it yet. I think it's plenty good, and I think, like, there's just so many other things that are hyped in my head, and I, I do genuinely think a big part of that is that, like, we had, like, no conversation to be had around it. Yeah, no. It was I, kind of like, so yeah. I didn't like, I didn't reflect on it at all. Like, I just played it and I was done. Yeah, I've been looking forward to talking about that a lot more. But again, this, this, the stupid computer issue has hmm. ruined a lot of my prep for this end of the year stuff. And I was halfway through that game and had a couple others I wanted to finish. A couple other games I wanted to check out that were absolutely my sort of games, but I just didn't get to them. Like, uh, um, Immortality. Like, I've mm -hmm. loved the other Sam Barlow games. Like, that seems like it probably would have been my sort of thing, but right. I hadn't gotten to it. Um, just, just been a lot of that this year. I'm just, For sure. Yeah. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. It is what it is, you know? Sometimes games just slip through the cracks, but mm -hmm. um, hopefully we can talk about some of those next year. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure. Right. Okay. Well, just as a quick reminder, if you enjoyed this show, you enjoyed our content this year, head over to SoraChomp.com where we have access to other podcasts that we've done throughout this year. Um, I want to do a bigger rundown than I usually do because it is our last big show of the year. Um, we have Chomping After Dark, which is our spoiler cast show where we do a deep dive into the story of a different game, TV show, movie, comic book per episode. Most recent one we did was on God of War Ragnarok. It was a two hour, uh, undertaking that I very much enjoyed doing with Rich. Rich also does, uh, Chomping at the Bits with some of his friends where he talks about kind of the historical relevance and impact that a video game from a past generation had. Oh, I thought they reviewed bits for horses. We also oh. do that. That's a different thing though. Okay. Uh so it's it's the Red Dead 2 podcast. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Um I have the occasional podcast that I do call I do do called Evoking the Sublime, where I interview game developers, uh composers, people in the industry to talk about the history and creation of a game that they worked on. Um I got a few episodes out for that this year. Um I interviewed um various different people and various wonderful people so you can check out those episodes um, that i released earlier this year and uh we also have an article section where we write uh reviews about the games that we've played we write think pieces the occasional guide uh we're about to get our top 10 lists up there so be on the lookout for that um and ray also uh, one of our buddies you may have heard him during the first week of the Daggertooth Awards, he's a part-time contributor here. He also gets articles up from time to time. So that's a good place to check out some additional content if you want that. We have a merchandising store, uh, store.sorchomp.com. 
where we have all sorts of cool stuff for you to rep Sword Chomp out in the wild. Sword Chomp the t-shirt. Sword Chomp the dog bowl. Uh, Sword Chomp the flamethrower. The kids love this one. That's right. Another one. Uh, We have a Sword Chomp DJ Khaled, you know, uh, pairing. We are contractually obligated uh, to announce that DJ Khaled does not eat pussy. <laughs> Just doesn't I mean, do it. Not a generous lover. The episode of Hot Ones. What do you? Think not he, a generous lover. What makes you think he would ever eat pussy? Puss in no, Boots we, was on Hot Ones. He was. I saw that too. Uh, we don't actually have an official collab with DJ Khaled, but if you want to check out, but some we do have merch, one with Puss in Boots. <laughs> I wish. Uh, head over there. And last but not least, we have our Patreon at Patreon.com/SwordChomp. That allows us, by you supporting us there, to make a ton more content. Um, you know, the, the more that's there, the more content that we make at the end of the day. That's how it works. And you're rewarded for your time. So if you're interested, head over there and check that out. But um, I want to say thank you for a wonderful, blessed, beautiful year. To be honest with you, all jokes aside, um, this was a really fun year. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, I really enjoyed this year a lot. It was like, I, I didn't always feel like playing video games, but I still really enjoyed this year a ton. And I'm glad that we got some really but high points does, in gaming this year. He plays Dos Equis. <laughs> I am the world's most interesting man. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. But, um, no, there were some really high points in gaming this year that I did not expect. And I'm really pleasantly surprised and i'm very thankful for all our patrons this year past and present who uh, supported us and i'm thankful for both of you guys to be honest with you um that we're still doing this why don't you do this <laughs> huh so, you, you guys welcome. have any final words you want to say uh before i wrap it up i'd, I'd like to take a few words back but we Such i only as? have <laughs> um come Rollin, Rollin, Rollin. <laughs> yeah, I figured that was. I would also like to rescind that, but I just have, <laughs> uh, I just have four words to close out the podcast. If if you'd allow me. Well, if that's what you want to say, I want to say thank you to everyone for this year. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting us. Um, enjoy your holiday season. We will be back uh, in a few weeks at the beginning of the year with our uh, the most anticipated show of 2023 it's a yearly tradition so be on the lookout for that um thank you to all the games and game developers of this year um the ones who got us codes the ones who just made wonderful games and uh be safe out there enjoy time with your family um you only get so much time on this earth to spend with your loved ones so make sure you make the most of it this holiday season and thank you for spending time with us take care and rich for the last time this year sorry that's what we say Go ahead one more time. <laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> I was trying to build like a much bigger build up there. Sorry. Couldn't leave the room. Uh. That's what we say. That's what we say. That's what we say. <laughs>